0: The way I have healthy boundaries around my day job, I also have really healthy boundaries around my friendships. I only want to be, I used to, anyone who wanted to be my friend, I'd be their friend, (laughs) but it got to a point where I had some really toxic friendships and some friendships that were really one-sided. So I was like, okay, so how can I develop relationships and be in relationships with the people who, um, who give me energy, who I give energy. And so now I have, you know, a smaller group of friends, but that's okay.
1: Hey, it's Ariel Anderson, and here we are sitting together around the world, across from each other, inspiring and with our failures and our successes uh, together, uh, rippling that forward to whoever's around through sharing episodes, subscribing and showing up and showing up mostly for you. And today I want to share with you a podcast podcast conversation that I had with uh, Angela Willingham. She's an incredible mom, spiritual coach, businesswoman, and author of Little Fish, Big Question. She warmed my heart, opened my soul. I love this book because it's for kids and adults. And uh, we're going to have a giveaway as well. So you have to stick around to the end and check out how to get one of these books signed and sealed, delivered. Here is Angela. You won't want to miss this one today. Welcome, uh, Angela Willingham. I'm so happy to have you here today on Imperfect Parenting Podcast.
0: Thank you. It's such a treat to be here with you.
1: And you're calling, where are you right now before we get into the good stuff? <laughs> so I am in my, I'm blessed to have my own little space in my home in
0: Rockville, Maryland. I, I um, live right outside of Washington, D.C., and so I'm just in my little, I call it my room of my own. No one comes in here but me and the cat. And this is my space where I write
1: and create and work. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Woman cave or my something. Wo- yes. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe we would call it not a cave. We don't know what you'd call it. Looks more more friendly than that. Those of you mm-hmm. who get to see the video, we'll put a little bit of, a, of the video on Instagram or somewhere around so you can see this beautiful space. It's very inspiring to look at. You know, look forward to something similar we're evolving that over here in northern cal uh uh well i want to just launch in because i uh, we we actually met uh, a few months ago virtually mm-hmm. as most <laughs> of us are meeting people virtually these days and uh and just kind of got reunited not long ago with your the launch of your New book, which I'm super excited to talk about, as well as the journey getting to that point and the other things that you're doing in your life and the fact that you have a full house slash family around you amidst all of this just sort of blows my mind. And I'm so excited to hear the the tidbits of inspiration that we can share with everyone. So maybe we'll start with the book since that's what's gotten here, which is sure. um, I'm just gonna the little fish, big fish question. I just put it up here for all of you to see. <laughs> I have this because I have the um, my daughter's favorite pages bookmarked here that I wanted to show you because basically she opened the package and then that was it. <laughs> you know? Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah. She's taken ownership. So she uh she came and she said, these, these are my favorite pages, mommy. I just want you to show her. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I love so
0: it was so funny because I, you know, this this idea has been on my heart for 22 years. It was fall oh 1998 gosh. when I, you know, I, it, I write about it a little bit in the book because I wanted to just kind of set the scene for people. But, you know, in 1998, I was 22 years old. So everyone can do the math. But um, <laughs> old I, was, I was definitely a kid of the 80s and 90s. I was having this conversation and we can go more into that. Do you want me to go more into that now?
1: Yeah. Okay. Tell us
0: Everything. <laughs> so I was after college, I was like, okay, what do I want to do? And I was I just wanted to spend some time. So I took a gap year and just did some volunteer work I was working in a group, so raised in Oklahoma and came out to DC the first time and was working with a group out here. And then we traveled up to Tenafly, New Jersey to uh, just see some people that were part of our group. And there was a retired priest there. And so I was talking to this retired priest thinking I had all the wisdom and knowledge of the world because I was 22 and had a college degree, of course. <laughs> so it's like I knew everything. And we were talking about something big and monumental, but. I said, well, that's what's wrong with the world today. And he went, I'm sorry. And I said, well, that's what's wrong with the world today. And he said, well, hmm, you're like a fish looking for water. And again, I was like, you mean I'm a fish out of water? And he was like, no, you're in it. You just don't see it. And then he whacked my shoulder and he laughed and he walked away. <laughs> and I was like what? So this idea of being a fish in the water and not knowing it, I was like, that would make an incredible story, an incredible children's story about an awakening or about life. So I went back to my room that night and wrote it. And of course the first version stunk. (laughs) It was terrible because I hadn't, I was still looking for the water. So how in the world could I write a story to help Little Fish find it. So over the years, the story just stuck with me. And I don't know if you've uh, read Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. It's so good. But she talks about how ideas are things and they'll stay with you until they like, okay, you're not going to do anything with me. I'm going to move on to the next person. So when I heard that in her book, I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get this done. And so um, I just worked on it over the years. And then once I heard Elizabeth Gilbert talk about that in 2016, 2017, I was like, okay, I got to get this done. So then really worked on it and focused on getting the story done. And it was, you know, through a series of meditations and runs and stuff that I finally figured out how I was going to help her find the water. And so then I connected with one of my friends, who's my soul sister. And so that's what I wanted to get to is the pictures. So my friend, Naveen, very much we're cut from the same cloth. We believe in big things. And so when she agreed to illustrate this book for me, I was over the moon excited. I'm
1: so glad your daughter marked some favorite pages. Oh, I'm so I just get chills actually when you're you're talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like on the right side of my body, just chills came up. And and because this was one of my first questions, because um, I worked as an international school teacher when I was taking a break from corporate and coaching and Things and in Prague and had some books spinning in my mind for kids because, you know, you see them and you see life and, you know, adults, how we also have a lot of the same issues. Uh, so I, I always the biggest challenge was finding an illustrator that spoke to my heart, either their story or their writing, there's something there, not just to hire somebody off of Upwork for me, didn't feel yeah. like enough, you know, especially for, you know, I hear your story and I think, you know, if you've been mulling something over and growing something for twenty two years, that <laughs> illustrators kind of important. So I love right? that there's a beautiful story there to go with it uh, because that's always my first question when i when I am looking at the books is you know that that relationship of the artists or how they found each other mm-hmm. so Yay. I love that there's a story there. (laughs) Well, I was very
0: much looking for a collaborator and I still work full time. So I have, you know, I have a coaching business that I, I coach. I'm a spiritual coach and author, but then I also work full time as a nonprofit executive and fundraiser in DC. So, you know, finding the time to do this. And so it was in my role in my professional life that I had met this graphic designer and we just really hit it off. And then she moved to San Diego and I was out there for a trip last fall. And I said, Hey, let's meet up for dinner. And I started talking to her about this story and she got the same thing, she got chills. And I said, I'm looking for someone to partner with me on this who could have this vision. And, she, was, and I, she said, are you asking? I was like, I am. So it was very much like a like a proposal because I just had looked for so long and you know, talking to people about the book, it's funny when they say, oh, it's so cute. As soon as they say, if they've read it and they say it's cute, I'm like, oh, you don't get it. And that's okay. I, I just say, thanks and move on. But once they read the story and they go, wow, that really, I really connected with that. I'm like, okay you get it, you get the story, you understand the, you know, the idea of looking for the
1: water and then, you know, the beauty in finding it. Yeah. And there's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a deep book. And I think it, uh, I, I very much appreciate that, you know, the book is, it's like, uh, you know, so many times in children's movies, there's an undertone of, of jokes and, you know, comments and quotes for the grownups in the room, because they know we're going to be watching it 200 times with our kids. And, and we're going to be in the room, you know, we might as well enjoy it as well. And I always, when I was younger, I didn't, I didn't get a lot of that, some Mm -hmm. pieces, but I think it still gets in, it still gets in. And then when you're older, you kind of go, Oh, Oh, I get it. now. And so I love (laughs) that, 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 uh, you know, my daughter and I do talk about a lot of, of spiritual and deeper things and about life. Um, you know, especially with all that's happening in the world, I want her to be aware. And I love that we could both enjoy it and kind of get what's going on and be touched by it. And I, I, I have a handful of books that I pulled onto the podcast and I would say most of them, at least now that I've been rolling, I only say yes to ones that do touch me. Mm -hmm. instead of just saying yes in the beginning it was like yeah sure and uh but I mean I've been lucky that the things that have shown up all had some some meaning but for me there's all I I read your book and there was a moment where it's I could really just feel that movement in my heart space you know and especially being a parent there's that there's that hope that there can be that moment, and I, I loved. And I'm just gonna put it up. And you guys, I'm sorry because you're on the podcast. It's so evil of me to show something that you can't see. You're just gonna have to look on Instagram or something. And I hope I remember to put it up. So these were my daughter's favorite moments. So there's this moment, but the moment when they really connect, ma. You know the the fishies, and um, you know the, the and on your journey, perhaps you can ask others to show you the way great idea. You know, it's just like this receptiveness and this like willingness to, for her to have her own journey or him, her, I don't know. <laughs> it's, a her. And it's definitely her, a her. It is her, right? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not imagining it's a girl. <laughs> it. And I think that's so important as parents to, to have that willingness to let our kids have their own journey, guide them, point them, you know, in mm-hmm. moments and hope that they decide to, to give it a shot, but allowing them their own experience to really mm-hmm. figure things out and- Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah so it's it's I won't give away all I don't want to give everything away you guys because you have to buy the book or read the book or whatever it is and really uh, experience it for yourself because it is Mm -hmm. a journey inside of the book Mm -hmm. as you know through the pages so Mm -hmm. yeah it was really lovely I'm so glad you like it in that part where she
0: (laughs) you know because the mom you know so she asks just to give a little more context so she asks Little Fish asks her mom the same question every morning. You know, like when I first wrote the book, I think it was like 3000 words. and I had to cut it down, cut it down, <laughs> cut it down. But so she, she has to be really short to be a picture book. So, you know, this is the question she asks her mom every morning is where is the water? And every morning her mom tells her be still and, 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 and no, and breathe, be still and breathe. And it's, and just know that it's all around you. And she's like, I, I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it. So this idea of like, and then she says, yet, so there's little things I put in there. So, like, yet yeah. is that idea of the growth mindset. So, you know, like a kid's not going to understand that, but the adults are like, Oh, you haven't found it yet. And I went, you know, and, and then encouraging her to go out and find the way, you know, that's a nod to to Taoism and, and living the way and knowing this connection. And then if you look and then be still and know is a nod to Christianity, and then there's nods to Buddhism. Because I didn't want it to be a Christian book or a Buddhist book. I wanted it to be about a, a journey. Um, to look for something that we're all, because there's a time in our lives where we're all looking for something and we just can't quite put our finger on what's missing. You're like, I feel like I'm missing it. It's like right in front of me. (laughs) So that was the idea of like the water. Like, why can't I see what's right in front of me? And so, you know, I was very careful and very deliberate in how I brought in different spiritual philosophies and religions, but it's not a religious book, but definitely um, this idea of going out and asking big questions. Cause in the, in the age of Google, we, you can type in any question you ever want, you know, and we're all, especially right now, we're all quarantined. We're still quarantined in, in Maryland. Yeah. Um, so there's not a lot of, not a lot of going out and finding the answers, but, you know, encouraging kids to be curious, you know, that's just something that I, um, you know, I have three teenagers and it's, you know, I don't, I want them to ask questions. I'm constantly telling them, ask why, advocate for yourself, get out there, ask the big questions and don't just accept things at face value. Because I think that's when um, it becomes really dangerous. When we start believing things as truth, when we don't know for ourselves, is it really true?
1: Yes. Yes. I love that. I really appreciated that. That those exactly what you talked about. I, uh, especially the piece about yet. Ella and I have that conversation. My my four year old, she'll say, "I don't eat salad yet," or "I I don't know. I'm <laughs> not going to do that yet." And so when you mentioned when you just mentioned that, we we noticed that in the book, and and that's I think valuable that uh, receptiveness to the possibility that things could be different, or I might understand it differently mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. future, or might uh, yeah discover something. And I very much appreciate that you you know it allowed that openness of the different spiritual directions because it also mm-hmm. opens it up to different people because uh too often if it's only in one vein of spirituality then people shut down to mm-hmm. what what's being offered on the table mm-hmm. there so um and kids too you know will get very clear ideas about things so uh we humans you know <laughs> sometimes <laughs> so that was a uh, really clever and smart and uh and in general like we we do that a lot too just sort of looking at what the world has to offer and you know mm-hmm. so many religions do have common lines and mm-hmm. somehow people still feel separated but when you when you look at the if you back up and look you know there's there's that common line of kindness and discovery mm-hmm. and you know a lot of the things that you put in there so yeah. 22 Golden years War. yes 22 yes. years <laughs> I <know. laughs>
0: 22 years. It took a while. And what was funny is I would take it off the shelf and work on it. There was a time in my life where I thought I needed to illustrate it, but I'm not an artist. So I was taking like art lessons and trying to illustrate it. And then I went to a writer's conference and and then I heard, no, you never want to illustrate your own book. This was in this would have been like 2001 because the publisher wants to give you an illustrator. And then, you know, fast forward 15 years later, when I'm working on it in 2016, everyone's like, every, every publisher is looking for an author illustrator. And I'm like, Oh my God, this is like <laughs> possible. <laughs> like I can't be all things to all people. So let me see if I can get it written worthy enough of the idea. Um, Father Clark is the name of the priest, um, Father Clark Yates. And I'm just sad that he passed um, he passed before he could see the the book come to, to life. But, um, you know, this idea of, of getting it done and having something be worthy of the idea um, was was something I really, really wanted to work work hard on. And even, you know, once it was done, I was like, okay, I feel like this is worthy of the idea that came to me so long ago. Then I wanted to be really finicky about the publisher. And so I spent a year investigating different publishers. Do I do an agent? Like, how does this work? And um, I found this publisher. I was like, she's going to be the one. She's going to get it. She's going to read it. And she's going to understand it. And then I found an editor because I felt like I needed an editor and I felt the same way. This person is totally going to get it. And so the publisher, um, she was lovely and got back to me, which is nice because a lot of publishers don't. And she got back and said she'd have to pass. And then about a week later, the editor got back and said, this story is not going to work. Fish don't have eyelids. And I was like, um, really? Yeah. So <laughs> have I'm they so-
1: looked around at, at illustrations <laughs> in the world and all the bizarreness of Anyway, so
0: so there's a part in the book, just to give some context, where little fish closes her eyes. And so she was saying, it's not going to work. And so I was like, well, fish don't talk either. So like, I was just kind of like, you know what, so this idea of, okay, can I, do I want to be one of those stories of like, you know, you hear about Harry Potter, and you hear about Tuesdays with Maury, and all these books that are huge now, and like, that were turned down, you know, 100 times, 50 times. So that's when I was kind of like, I need to figure figure out how to get this done so I went with a, a hybrid publisher and it was really the way to go because I felt so strongly called to get the story out there but I also needed help I had no idea I'd never published a book before so I worked with a hybrid which is one of the luxuries now of publishing is that you can find pretty much anything you're looking for um, and and get it out there and then find and then I took some courses and found some mentors to help me
1: along the way too fantastic oh my gosh I can only imagine that the, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into especially when you have to, to uh, shrink it down. You have to let go, you know, and you know, you're a spiritual woman. So that letting go is some one of the most powerful things. And we mm-hmm. we all can get caught up in that different moments. But letting go of your your hard created words or hard earned words is yeah. must have been quite I mean, people always say the editing is the hardest part. Oh, yeah, you know? <laughs> agony. And I saved every version. It's like, I would
0: save the version and get the, the next one because I just didn't want to lose a word. So it's like, all right, I'll save this version and go to the next one cut down and cut down. So I think I finally got it down to, I think it was just under 800 words. It's like, all right. Who? Right. <laughs> well, And
1: I, I, it's also, you know, you're talking about being your own illustrator. I mean, that, that sometimes works really well. I think also uh, when you find the right person, Sometimes mm-hmm. they even can bring to light something that um, you you couldn't have fully imagined or created in your mm-hmm. your from your own capacity. They, they, they run with it in a way mm-hmm. and uh, take your ideas and then kind of add a small tweak that you might not mm-hmm. have considered doing yourself that, that made it even that much better. So if mm-hmm. you're in the right partnership. So and I see this and I'm just looking even at the back of the book. I love this like little hook with the fish note and the with opening. the note. That was a and last I loved, minute. You love it. yeah. Yay. No, I, I really like it. And I also loved, I, I didn't, I have this thing where I don't actually let myself read too much. It's like a, a movie preview. I don't mm-hmm. like to watch previews. I like to just, Oh yeah, that's, I feel like that's something I want to watch. And then I don't let myself do too much. I don't let myself do too much digging and Googling because then it, it tends to manipulate the conversation I tend to direct the conversation and I like it to be more intuitive, but I did take a quick glance. I did um, click on a couple of links and I did quite love when you did that little video of, um, you know, with a fishing pole and your book shows up. I just (laughs) love that where you catch your book. It just was cute. It was super cute. And then I kind of, maybe it reminds me a little bit, you know, in essence of the back of the book, even though you said it's last minute, but I, yeah, it's just, there's something about it. It's
0: kind of sweet. Well, I mean, you're probably the same generation as I am. So when I was a kid, I, there was no texting. So we would communicate with, I would communicate with my mom through notes. So I would leave her a note on the fridge, went to Amy's house. And then she would be like, okay, I'm at the grocery store. And so I love this idea of a paper note. So the back of the book, for those that are, um, and I can show it, it's right here. And then for those that are on the (laughs) podcast, it's it's a note from Little Fish, Little Fish's mom. So from mom to Little Fish, it says, little fish, let go of what you're looking for and you will find the way love mom. And that's just one of you know, and like mom used to put, you know, notes in my lunchbox and my grandma used to put notes in my lunchbox. So this idea of notes just being a way to communicate,
1: I was just trying to throw back to a simpler time. (laughs) I miss notes. You know, we often talk about this in our house. Like we used to leave notes for each other. Even in modern day, we used to leave more notes and, Mm -hmm. uh, Uh, It actually was because we had a bigger house, (laughs) so we had two levels. So we would often, one of us would be on one level and one would be on the other. And so we left more notes because we were, and we were in the middle of a city. So Mm -hmm. we were in and out more. Now we've got shelter in place. We don't leave notes, (laughs) you know, but I said, maybe we need notes. So I I love that you brought that back because there's people miss notes and letters and those things that are tangible Mm -hmm. that you can hang on to. And there is something nostalgic and even, you know, modern young people, seem to also like these things in a way. So I love that you included that. That's sweet. Anyway, Um, but it's, ai am saying sweet, but it's, it's quite a deep book. I had sort of a teary, you know, moments, just the the depth of it, because I think that uh, we need more books like yours that are actually going deeper because yes, it's important to smile and laugh and, you know, keep things light, but there's, there's so much to life that. Mm kids and we don't get in school and even in some of our friendships and um uh, so anything yeah. that can nudge that along the way is super important yeah. so
0: well and i believe kids are so much um they're just I, I really think you know when we all start off in life we're connected to source, higher power, God, true self, Holy spirit, whatever it is that you believe in, you know, it's what you're connected to. And, and then as we grow, we're conditioned in these ways that we really start to lose, lose our way and, and really are driven more towards status. And, not so much towards service. So then how do you balance that? And so when I love, this is why I wanted to know what your daughter thought of, I love talking to kids after they read it. Um, One, because I want to just hear, you know, what they like about it, but then um, I'm surprised at how many of them do, do kind of understand the deeper level of it and the idea of looking for something more in life and, and, and really, um, being brave and searching like little fish was brave to go out on her own and do that. And so I love the idea that they get that and that they're connected to that. And because, you know, so many of us, as we get older, (laughs) we get more connected to ego and we become identified with our thoughts and what we have and what we do. We just don't take the time to even ask questions anymore. I think that's a, a big part of what's going on now in the world is I think there's more people kind of rising up and starting to question things more and not just accept the status quo and say, well, wait a second. I didn't realize this was happening. So, oh my gosh.
1: <laughs> so that's sorry. That's okay. I love it. No, no. that's, we have, that's our, our cat, My cat and my four-year-old are usually <laughs> jumping into things. So it's normal. I like it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's a first. She's never done that before. Um, and say hi. Yeah. So this idea, you know, that we're we're kind of raising it and we're awakening to something, this idea of opening up and asking the questions that we just in the past, maybe were afraid to ask. So this idea of, um, of when, you know, when she does find the water of it, feeling like an awakening and then going, ah, now I see now I get it. Okay. Now there's work to do. Um, and so, you know, who knows if there's a little fish too, I am working on a second book right now, but it's, it's about a Buffalo. <laughs> so
1: we'll see how that cool. goes. Yeah. Well, I can't wait to see that one <laughs> with it. The- the continued journey through Buffalo. <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah. Be brave, baby Buffalo. That's the next one. But it's oh. like in the very beginning stages.
1: Oh, neat. Oh, something to look forward to. You guys hear that? Note it down. Keep keep an eye <laughs> on this one. <laughs> Maybe not in 22 years. Maybe it'll be a little less. We'll see. Let's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> hope. <laughs> um, I, would, I would love if you're willing to to talk a little bit about how, you know, I I hope all of you heard how many things she talked about that she's got on her table right now. Did you guys hear this? I know you have a lot on your plate. I mean, when you've been creating, you've got your, your practice and you've got the book and you've got your family and your business, kind of everything interconnected. Would you be willing to share how you manage that? And never mind on top of having everybody at home most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what were some of the things that actually you found? Like do you time block? you how do you keep the boundaries with mm-hmm. this? You have this mm-hmm. space, of course, which probably helps in some ways, but mm-hmm. can you tell me what are the age of ages of your kids and as well? Just to include inside of sure. this. So
0: they are 18, 15, and 13. And so that was the thing that was so unexpected to me was when they became teenagers. Well, this is, they're all three teenagers, but you know, as they progressed and got older is the, you know, the less and less they needed us. We weren't prepared for that until they left home. And then all of a sudden these, our kids are like, you know, we find ourselves, my husband and I on a Friday night, like just the two of us and we're like, well, cause they were at friends houses or they were at a football game or they were. And so all of a sudden, so there's, you know, for those of you that are listening have really young kids, there, there comes a time where you, you do have a little free time. And so, you know, very much um, I'm very clear on my boundaries with my day job. I love my day job but um i when i was hired there i've been where i am now <clears throat> i work at a foundation i've been there two and a half years and when they hired me um i was very clear and said you know i've i've got three kids i've um, got some other passions in life and i'll work hard for you um, but 40 45 hours a week that's what i'm able to give and i want to be honest and upfront before you hire me, because I don't want to get in. And then you expect me to be available around the clock. And I'm not, cause I just won't be, I don't check email on the weekend for my day job. I don't, and day job sounds, I mean, it's my career. <laughs> it's part of my career, but it's, I, I love it very much, but I have so many things going. That's just how I refer to it. So, you know, I don't check email on the weekends. I don't check email in the evenings, you know, anytime past seven or so. Um, Because a big part, so, um, you know, the story of Little Fish really is my story and my spiritual journey. So there's a part in Little Fish where I'm just going to tell you, like, so the reason I'm able to hold such healthy, clear boundaries is because there was a time in uh, my life not too long ago in 2017, where I just had a complete meltdown. I was at my dream job. I loved it. I worked around the clock because I didn't want to disappoint anyone. I had, you know, great salary, great benefits. It was like, you know, one of those things, like it's dr- my dream job. And then I found myself working with a neurologist because they thought I had early Alzheimer's and it turned out it was stress. And so oh, wow, like, and you know, all of these things that we do to ourselves in order to, you know, achieve and get approval. And, and I was working around the clock and it, it just got to a point The it kind of came to a head for me as I was at, um, I was at an event and a woman walked up to me and started talking to me like she knew me. And it was really upsetting me because I'd already had been having memory problems for about probably two, three months at that point. And so this woman is talking to me and my husband sees my eyes start to water up and he had to walk up and tell me who it was. And it was a friend of mine and I didn't recognize her. And she even looked at me and she was like, what the hell, Angela? I was like, I, I don't know you. I don't, And so it just, so that kind of sent me into a spiral. It's like, I've got to get help. I've got to figure this out. I mean, it was someone I used to see every week. So how did I not, it just was crazy. And so as I was working with the neurologist, she was just like, you know, you, can you quit your job? I was like, no, there's absolutely no way I can quit my job because, you know, that's just, we get so stuck, right? You're like, this is my dream job. Do you know how hard I worked for to have this job? (laughs) So it's like, well. You know, it says here that you had a cancer scare last year. And I was like, yeah, I had cancer. And we took we handled that. And she said, and now you're here thinking you have Alzheimer's when you don't. It's stress. Do you see that you're sending yourself to an early grave? What can you do? So that part of the story is is in Little Fish is the part of the very busy herring. So there's a part of the story of Little Fish where she comes across this group of herring. And I'll just, um, if you don't mind, I'll just read that line because it kind of yes, gets easier. please do. I remember
1: it. You remember? So she, yeah, she, yeah.
0: she's, she's looking for, you know, looking for the water and, um, she sees a group of very busy herring. And so one of the very busy herring responded, what do you want? Can't you see we are very busy? Oh yes. Said little fish. You look very important. So I thought you must be looking for the water. Can I follow you? No, we are far too busy to look for the water. Well, then where are you going in such a hurry? I don't know. I'm just following the fish in front of me. So how will you know when you get there? good question, but I don't ask questions and I certainly don't have answers. So I cannot help you. And so, you know, you look and you see this group of, and to me, that's our culture. That's what I had fallen into was being one of those very busy hearing who I didn't even know why I was working so hard anymore. I didn't know the purpose behind it. And so here I was giving away my health. And every time I was saying yes to work, I was saying no to my family. And so I had to I, ultimately it took me about a year. <laughs> I did a conscious con, what's it called? Conscious uncoupling. <laughs> I did a conscious uncoupling, was very open with them and told them I needed to find something else. So now in this new position, I do have the luxury because I set those boundaries early to say, you know, I'm only going to work 40 to 45 hours a week. And I, sometimes people get frustrated with me, but I say, you know, I I'm, we're getting it done. And I prioritize my time very well, and so that's one of the things. So when you think, "Oh, she does all this," but I'm not. You know, I'm I'm very selective in how I spend my time. So you know, the way I have healthy boundaries around my day job, I also have really healthy boundaries around my friendships. I only want to be. I used to anyone who wanted to be my friend, I'd be their friend. (laughs) But it got to a point where I had some really toxic friendships and some friendships that were really one-sided. So I was like, okay, so how can I develop relationships and be in relationships with the people who, um, who give me energy, who I give energy. And so now I have, you know, a smaller group of friends, but that's okay. I don't go out every Saturday night. That's okay. I don't mind. I actually prefer to stay and have a slice of pizza and a beer. (laughs) It's a much better use of my time. And, and, you know, talk to friends on phone, but you know, all the things that I'm, I, I don't want it to seem like, um, I'm an overachiever in any way. That's one of the things It's like, you know, we can ha- we can have all things, but we can't have them all at once. So, you know, when I was in that, I keep calling my dream job, because it was when I was in that dream job for six years, I didn't pick up little fish, but maybe once or twice. And so it wasn't until I, you know, took the new job and had time to really kind of say, I want to focus on this, that I took the time and did it. And then also as your kids get older, I have to tell you it, that it's, um, someone told me when kids are little, they take so much of your um, energy physically. And then when they get older, it's like psychological warfare. And it is, it's like so much of your energy is just psychological. Even this morning, I was having a talk with my college freshman and the, the difficulties of being a college freshman during a pandemic and how that's working out. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot right
1: now. I've I've heard that about the, you know, sort of physical versus emotional, psychological, and I used to, I used to teach, you know, at the international school in in Prague and and also Mm -hmm. here a bit. And I remember feeling that difference. I was, I was a substitute teacher. So I got to be with pre-K three one day, Mm -hmm. you know, teach music for to 10 year olds the next day and be in psychology class with seniors you know two days later so I remember feeling that spectrum of you know and that the angst of middle school and you know just feeling it and thinking oh this is what I have to look (laughs) forward to fantastic you know uh, no but there's beauty and you know challenge in, in every zone for sure hey, that was a great episode. Next week we have part two. If you want to be in the drawing for one of these great books, Little Fish, Big Question, all you have to do is write a line or two of something that inspired you or you had an aha or a spark or a whoo while you were listening to the podcast. Send it to Ariel at imperfectparenting.net. The link is in the description or you can go to IP underscore parenting on Instagram and leave me a line or two on one of the posts that I'll be doing between now and the next episode. The final drawing will be before the last episode of the year. So I cannot wait to hear what you have to say and get you one of those books. Thank you for listening to our Very Imperfect Parenting Podcast. If you'd like a little more like live coaching sessions, then jump into facebook.com backslash IPParents. You can also write me at ariel at imperfectparenting.net or jump on that site for other resources like book reviews and other fun things if you would just share with one person or let one person know about this podcast that helps us a lot as well we have patreon with extra privileges and have a beautifully imperfect day thank you so much for being out there